Should I do, do like have... some ASMR with daddy? Like right up to the mic. Yeah, just being like, daddy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> everybody i'm brendan and i'm marissa and welcome back to dear queers the show where we answer all of your queer queries we know that you have been missing us lately that we have been not adhering to our schedule we know we said that last time too we said that like Um, the past three times (laughs) you know I feel like it just bears repeating of what we've said before, which is Mm -hmm. be grateful for what you're getting. Mm. And if you have a problem, take it up with HR. Yeah. And if you must know, the reason we were delayed this time is, as some of you are now aware, our Lord and Savior, Brittany Jean Spears, is with child. Mm -hmm. Um, what you may not know is that we are actually her doulas. Mm -hmm. So we had to begin our doulaing process. We like to start very early. Right. It's never too early to start doulaing. No, like basically from the second the, um, ejaculate enters the body mm-hmm. we're there we're there ushering this new life into the world so yeah we've been busy we're gonna continue mm-hmm. probably to be busy with this very very important uh task yeah so if you were upset about that that's actually pretty offensive mm-hmm. so just just to keep you in the loop you know right it's all in the name of Brittany jean Brittany Jean. Mm-hmm. In her name, we pray. Carrying the Messiah who will bring about the end of days? What happens when the Messiah comes? I mean, you are asking the wrong Jewess. Isn't it like like that? Like, like, like the rapture or something, right? Isn't it it's, like the leftovers think, kind of thing? I do think the Christians believe that. Yes. I think that that is right. Because, like, the Jews, we believe, like, the Messiah has not shown up yet. That's mm-hmm. a whole different situation. But for them, like, when Jesus comes back, I believe it does bring on the end of days. But boy, could I be wrong about that. I feel like I have very little interest in accuracy around my knowledge of christian theology so yeah well something will happen yeah yeah and we'll, we'll stick to dueling because that's what we yeah know, that's so. we're gonna stay in our lane any other important updates for our listeners absolutely yes as some of you can probably hear um, my hair is shorter yep brendan sure did get a haircut mm-hmm how would you describe said haircut for everyone? I know they can, like, hear what it sounds like, but mm-hmm, just give mm-hmm. them a little more 
detail. Yeah, right. So for like what you can't tell from the sound waves of the haircut, the way Brendan described it to me via text when he first told me about it was uh, like 90s Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And I'd say that's pretty spot on. When I saw it on the camera today, it gave me big like Leo DiCaprio in Titanic vibes, like very you know, lesbian. Um, yeah. It's like ear length, floppy. Um, and it is new. New, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. New, new but haircut. I guess but I guess old because it's from the 90s. So. Right. But the 90s are, well, I was going to say the 90s are back, but apparently it's actually the 2000s that are back. So, you know. Yeah. Also, speaking of lesbians, I did get some compliments on it from some lesbians so were they like oh my god i've had that haircut many times no but one of them was like oh i think my hair would like look the same if i got that cut (laughs) i mean i like it (laughs) you could make an argument that brendan is just like a giant male lesbian. lesbian yeah yeah i think that's a fact Mm Hmm. yeah yeah Although I haven't seen the the L word, so there's no one way to be a lesbian, Brendan. Come on. Mm, I I mean, tell that to the International Council of Lesbianism. I mean, I've actually been fighting them on that for quite some time. You know that I am ensnared in a legal battle about the definition of lesbianism that will take me to my grave. Yeah, you can't, it's like trying to like, you just, they're too powerful, you can't. I don't know why right. you're still. Right, and it, it doesn't help that I'm not a lesbian. No, they're never going to like listen to no, you. No, it's it's a pretty big strike against me from the jump, as frankly well it should be. Yeah, but I commend you for your effort. Mm-hmm. But until then, we must all adhere to the strict and rigid rules and laws of lesbianism that Mm -hmm. are in place yes we must speaking of (laughs) no i don't know if i can do this i don't know how to do this one do do your best okay okay um sometimes lesbians age and today (laughs) we will (laughs) be discussing um what happens when queer people age and some of the difficulties that come along with that well you know you you tried your best um i would give that that like (laughs) two out of ten on the segue scale yeah no (laughs) we're on fire today y'all on fire um let's read some questions maybe i think we we gotta we got save it. me. Yeah, save let me read me. the first question here. We got it. Okay, we got it. Okay. Get out of okay. here. All right. <laughs> Dear queers, I'm a gay man of a certain age. I won't say what age, but we'll say out of the twink phase. And I'm tired of getting referred to and fetishized as a daddy. I don't want to change myself or my look, but I also don't want to be pigeonholed into daddydom. What can I do? From Forgive Me Father. Can you just say daddy for me a few times, please? (laughs) 
I feel like I'm having some deja vu here. Like, haven't we done this bit already? I don't, maybe I just like forgot that like the way you say that (laughs) word is like particularly like, (laughs) just like. What, what, how would you describe it? it? It's like, it like takes you longer or something to say that, to say it. Like there's like extra like. I savor it, right? It's like, daddy. <laughs> ah, what? Uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like we have. Because I, yeah, I, that feels mm-hmm. familiar. But you just haven't said that word in a, quite a yeah. while. I feel like it's really important to mention here that, like, while I don't, there's not a lot of, like, hard no's for me when it comes to sex and kink and all of that. Yeah. I am not interested in daddy situations like if if anyone like like that's not a role that's not a word that I have any personal interest in showing up in the bedroom for me yeah I think I would agree with that not to kink shame anybody who does like that but like I don't really want to be like referred to in that way or like refer to someone else in that way right so So. we can really relate to our letter writer here who wants (laughs) to get out of the daddy hole did you just say that what that in that way? <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta get out of that daddy hole. <laughs> Pigeon hole in the daddy hole. Um, <laughs> oh, yikes. This is gonna get gross real quickly, isn't it? Um, Didn't already. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, he want he doesn't want to change anything, but he doesn't want to be daddy hold. <laughs> what can he do? Is what he's asking us. Well, I was thinking. I mean, I think this kind of relates to, like last time we were talking about, like you can't control what other people think about mm-hmm. you. You know. Yeah. And so I think this also kind of <laughs> falls into that same category and type of advice of like again you cannot control and you know you shouldn't be necessarily trying to focus all your energy on like trying to get other people to like perceive you or act a certain way you know correct definitely my first thought to the question of like what can i do was nothing you can't do anything (laughs) i think i mean it's not as black and white as that but i think I mean, I think some practical things that our letter writer could do is be very clear from the jump on either on first dates or in like the first time hooking up or dating someone being like, I'm not interested in a daddy dynamic. If that's something you're looking for, keep walking. But especially if they're not willing to do anything to change and I'm not saying they should have to be willing to do anything to change their appearance no one should ever feel like that but if I mean I'm picturing this dude he's probably like you know silver fox a pair of like thick framed glasses of maybe like a little bit of like a salt and pepper beard like I know exactly what this guy looks like I think okay okay Um, and that's daddy territory baby girl like that (laughs) That's what people are going to see. And if you don't want to, it, I mean, I feel like that's like me being like, I, Marissa, am, you know, tiny and with a, I have a giant personality and I'm a raging bitch. And I'm so frustrated of like people saying that I'm intimidating, which is like true, I am. But like, 
as long as I continue to have the personality that I have, I'm going to get called intimidating. So unless I want to change my entire personality, I can either accept that that is a label I'm going to get from people and choose not to engage with people who use that for me or just like be mad about it forever. That's like really all I can do. I feel like the daddy concept has really kind of taken off and like expanded into like mainstream culture at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, like which wasn't always necessarily that way, but like Mm -hmm. it's enough of a thing now that like everyone's sort of aware of like, you know, what that means and what the concept is and what the, you know, attraction is and all that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so which is probably working against you even more of like okay it's such a phenomenon that like you know even in like a like non-sexual way you know people might be like referring to you as that or whatever so i guess it seems like right like if there's then also like a maybe a mismatch of like how this person sees themselves Mm -hmm. you know because some people yeah if you lean into your identity or the way people are, you know, trying to label you, then that's, or you like that label, that's a lot different than being constantly have that label placed on you and you're like, no, I don't see myself in that way. So Mm -hmm. another thing that I was thinking about this as well is like, if you are also maybe engaging sexually or like you know in a romantic dating sense with people who are younger than you then you are probably more likely to encounter this i would think than you know that is a really good point right if you're like if i had to guess how old this letter writer is he probably sounds like in his like maybe like 40s or 50s i would Mm -hmm. guess would you agree I could see that, yeah. And if he's picking up guys in their 20s, then, yeah, that certainly perpetuates this dynamic. So if you are, if he is, like, picking up younger men, I mean, he, again, certainly from, like, the jump, if it's, like, on Tinder or at a bar or whatever, be like, before we get into anything, I am not interested in this dynamic. Is that what you were hoping for? And nip it in the Mm -hmm. bud. He could also date men his own age yeah and like right not to say that like this person can't date you know someone 20 years younger whatever you know like do what you want but then that probably does come with the territory a little bit of like someone 20 years younger maybe is more likely to be looking for that kind of dynamic in the first and place. And even if so. they're not, like, if, especially if we're talking about, like, dating as opposed to sex, let's think about the realities of this. If you are, let's say, 20 years older than the guy you're dating, you are probably much more financially stable than he is. You're in a really mm-hmm. different place of life. So it facilitates this dynamic even non-intentionally, right? Like, you are probably more likely to be, like paying when you all go out because like you've had a job longer than this person has maybe been alive so (laughs) you if you don't want to engage with this type of role then you have to be really deliberate about dismantling it yeah exactly like 
again, like if you're putting yourself right in situations where you're making it more likely that that could happen or just accept that and understand that that it will come with that. Yeah. Similar to what we kind of said before, like you can't really control other people. You can only control yourself and what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, in like what spaces you frequent and put yourself in and the people you surround yourself with. So, or maybe they can just like hang out with like people that are 20 years older than them and then they'll be the Yeah, right? You can hang out with the granddaddies. (laughs) It's, you know, it's like when you say it, it's like, it's like almost like more, it's got like a valley girl twinge to it It a little bit. It does. Uh, It's also so funny because that is a word I would use to refer to like my own father and I don't say it like that at all when I'm talking about my wait pretend dad. pretend like I'm David Borer right now and like say that I don't know <laughs> if I'm really capable of that okay uh, well don't not let pretend it's not me but pretend he's like in the other room and you're like calling to him I don't I, <laughs> I feel like very uncomfortable and I don't want to participate <laughs> But I just don't, I like, I'm trying to imagine how you could say it differently. I mean, it's probably more like, daddy. Nope, that's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. I'll be home this weekend for Passover. I will try to pay attention to what it sounds like. Can you, can you please record yourself saying it? Actually, you know what? Because it's probably a lot more whiny because I use it like when I want something. Like, I am... Yeah. I feel like pretty manipulative of my dad. <laughs> I think it's fair to say my mom would have no qualms with She would agree with that. With that yeah. Um if it's it's very much like a daddy's girl kind of relationship. I'm an old Oh, child. you just said it. You oh, just said did it. Say normally. it normal? Did yeah. I say it normal? There yeah, you, you go. did. Then that's, then that's probably how I would say it. But you call him dad and daddy though, right? Yeah, or, yeah. He's yeah. not exclusive. Daddy is like when I want something. If I'm like daddy. Yeah, that was very different. Wait, now say it like not like like how you said it before. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is very fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has mm. turned into a linguistics podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway. Yeah, we I think we answered this to the best yeah. of our ability. I would love to stop saying the word daddy. <laughs> I could have you say it all the live long day, but should I we do, do like have... some ASMR with Daddy, like right up to the mic? Yeah, just being like, Daddy. Ah! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Okay. All right, question two. Question two. (laughs) Dear queers, as a single aging queer, one of my biggest fears is ending up old and alone in a nursing home with no one who cares about me. I'm still relatively young, and I know that I'm a long way off from that, but lately I've been toying with the idea of having kids for this reason. I guess I'm just hoping for some advice slash reassurance to help me ease my anxiety about this. From homo alone i feel very much sympathetic for this letter writer and i think that this is certainly a fear that i would say many 
child-free folks have, not exclusively limited to the queer ones of us, right? Like, I think that we, especially in America, right, we do not really have infrastructure set up for caretaking for old people uh, beyond, like, hope your kids will do it. So um, it is very frightening to think about, well, if I don't have that as an option, what's available to me? Yeah, no, it is definitely a scary thing to think about and i guess i mean i was just thinking in relation to like queer people in particular and how this relates Mm -hmm. like i guess Mm -hmm. until relatively recently it was like you know if you're queer the options were like pretend not to be and like get into a heterosexual relationship and have kids and just do that Mm -hmm. or don't and like don't have kids and you're alone kind of thing you know like those were the options only relatively recently is it this other option of like oh be in a queer relationship and have kids has become a thing so and also though like obviously there are still so many barriers to having kids for queer people like especially for gay men yeah i mean it's still right it's still obviously much harder but -hmm. it's at least a possibility i guess right yeah, the first thing I thought about for this person, well, there are a lot of things I thought about. The first thing that immediately came to mind is there's not a lot of them, but there actually are some specifically LGBT senior living facilities. And yeah. I am hopeful that by the time our generation is of the age to be utilizing them, that those are a lot more prolific because I think it would be cool as fuck to be like, if you have to be in a nursing home, imagine what a gay nursing home would be like. Oh my god. Yeah, I think I saw some video like a while ago that like it was someone interviewing a bunch of people in like a specifically like queer like nursing home and like asking mm-hmm. questions about their lives and stuff and I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, that does exist and like there's a space like that." But right, maybe it'll be like even more expanded, hopefully more places like right. that. It's interesting cuz my parents are it's not well sort of somewhere in that range of nursing home retirement community kind of situation right now and every time I go visit them I'm always thinking of like okay like this is sort of what's been set up for what like the baby boomer generation like wants and needs currently mm-hmm. but you know, how will this look different, you know, like when we get to that stage in another like 40 years or whatever. So I mean, there's so much that could be different. To the question of should I have kids so that I don't die alone? Right. um, I'm I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna just be pretty straightforward and say no to that. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why to say no. Um, I'd say the biggest two are one, not a good enough reason to bring a life into this world is so it can take care of you. Um, yeah. Like, generally, kids can tell when they are not really wanted for themselves, and that does not really do great things to the human psyche and well-being. Two, there is no guarantee that even if you have kids, that they will do caretaking for you. There are so many things that could get in the way of that, right? You could wind up being estranged from them. They could die before you. They could live in Japan and you're in Idaho. They could be having to do caretaking for their spouse's parents who are dying when you're dying. They could just be 
lazy little brats who don't want anything to do with that. Like there's so like there is absolutely no guarantee that reproducing is going to result in free caretaking that is done in a way that also feels good for you. Yeah, it's right. Like that you should not be having kids if the main driving reason behind having them is that they will be there to take care of you when you're old. Although I guess like some cultures put a lot more emphasis on that than other in terms of like that is very much expected, you know, versus like Americans are, you know, our whole Mm -hmm. situation is very much like you get old you get shoved in a home kind of thing and like yes they you know less like onus on like the kids to be like oh we have to you know take care or like you know there's very i feel like relatively much more uncommon to like have like your elderly parents like live with you as like other cultures so yes I agree, for sure. And I would say, like, and this is what I'm about to say, is a very Western American perspective, but something that I personally am a big believer in is that parents owe their children pretty much everything, and children owe their parents nothing. I think that, like, (laughs) if you are the one who made the choice to bring Mm. a child into this world, what you signed up for is being responsible for that life in some way, shape, or form forever. But yeah. as the child, you did not consent to being born, right? Like, you didn't have any say in this. You, Everyone, you know, has parents, but none of us opted into this. So yeah. I I do think, and that's not to say you shouldn't do anything for your parents. That not, not to say just be a dick about it. But I think that, like, if the question is, like, what do we owe them particularly in the sense of like well they took care of us when we were children are we morally and ethically obligated to do the same for them regardless of what our relationship with them is like regardless of our financial circumstances regardless of anything i would say it's it's probably like should you just leave them to like die on the side of the road no but it's not your job to take care of your parents in the same job in the same way it is their job to take care of you. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, right? It's like again, yeah, like you had no say in your existence and like your helplessness early on in life and like I hope ideally you were born into a situation where like you had parents who were fully equipped and able to take care of you and made that decision in like a very you know, calculated way of like, okay, we're going to have kids and we are going to take care of them and want to take care of them and are able to take care of them. But that's not always the case, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then with the like the end of life part, I think obviously a nice thing. And like, you know, if you, your parents cared for you through your whole life, then, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, right. I think it's, great it's to, kindness. to, yeah, to like return that favor almost. But, I, but yeah, it's not like, owed necessarily right it, I would agree. it's not yeah. a, it's not a moral imperative mm-hmm. but yeah right so yeah and then and then in relation to this question it's like so if that's the case then like don't think that that's gonna be your yeah. your like godsend of like oh i had this child and they'll be wealthy and um mm-hmm. fully functional and there for me when i'm not and those yeah. last 
stages because who the fuck knows, you know? A hundred percent. Right. And if you're also the kind of person who like doesn't really want kids, but is like having them basically as like down the road labor, the odds that those are going to grow up into kids who really want to take care of you, probably not super high. Yeah, no. I think, right, you have to go into it being like, oh, I just really want to have kids because I want to have kids and I want to take care of them. And then added bonus, maybe they'll take care of you. Right, right. It's exactly, it's an added bonus. It cannot be your expectation. No, because, Um. yeah, they might, like, just murder the whole village that you live in and then um, hold you hostage in your own home and, and... I guess that's could be seen as taking care of you, maybe. But I mean, they're like taking care of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like horse head in the bed. Is that exactly <laughs> exactly like you're gonna be you're gonna be taken care of? Yeah. So, but if maybe mm-hmm. that's what you want. Maybe that's what this person is like asking, really. You know, like that's what is in their head mm-hmm. when they are mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. I want to be taken care of. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I think probably. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It makes sense to me. So, yes. Uh, I'll also say, as long as I'm like on my soapbox about what we ethically owe to our children and vice versa. So, I, and I say this as someone who does not want to have children herself. I think that if you are going to make a choice to have a child, you have to be prepared to parent whatever you wind up getting. Like, you have to go into it knowing that, like, most people, when you think about, like, having a baby, the assumption you're making is this kid is going to be healthy. This kid is going to be happy. This kid is going to be functional. This kid's going to be successful. And you might not get any of those things. You might have a kid who is sick or disabled or really fucking stupid and has like a bad shitty personality like there's so many things that can be difficult or hard about having a kid and you have to be prepared for the worst case scenario and still be willing to say i would sign up for this anyways or you should not be a parent yeah 100 percent 100 percent yeah i think we've had this discussion before too like yeah i think a lot of people go into even if they are like with the best intentions deciding to have kids like most people are going into that thinking of like the ideal scenario like i th- mm-hmm. not a lot of people are thinking like oh my god my kid's going to turn out terribly and maybe they are like imagining all the scenarios but i think a lot of the time you're like oh this baby's going to be perfect and amazing and you mm-hmm. know we want it to come so badly and like have it in our life and everything's going to be great and nothing will be bad that's you, just, you really don't not know. always don't know. how it goes, right? Like, talk to the parent of any kid who has any sort of challenges and see if they thought that's the life they were signing up for. It probably isn't. Yeah. Yeah, like, I know I would be a terrible parent to a child that needed anything more than average, mm. so I'm not going to sign up to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, there. I guess there are a lot of parents or people who adopt – and like intentionally adopt kids who like have special needs or need extra care or something and like that really is like you know that takes a lot i think uh, to intentionally then be like okay i know what i'm really getting into and i'm asking for that and willing to take that on like that is versus like mm-hmm. parents who i mean still it takes a lot to like you know surprise my kid 
needs more care than I thought and then still have mm-hmm. to and then mm-hmm. go ahead with it but to like intentionally be like oh I know that this kid is going to need a lot of extra help so. so yeah all of that to say if you don't want kids for the purest of heart reasons please don't have them yeah and like hopefully you'll be fine when you're old or just die young you know that's also certainly an option, an option. yeah mm-hmm. um I was telling Brendan when we were talking about this before we started taping to this person's question of like, what if I die alone and I'm old and I'm in a retirement home and no one cares about me as like a someone in a sim like I am, you know, unpartnered. I don't want to have kids. Of course, I have similar thoughts. And what brought me a lot of peace, because I know our, what our letter writer is really wanting is like reassurance, is like coming up for, with a plan for what you would do if that happens. So like, OK, let's say. You're elderly and you don't have biological family. What would you do? So like for me, well, one, I would want to rely on like the friends and the chosen family that I have developed over the course of my life. But even if that weren't an option, I tell myself I would move to the south of France. I am going to spend my elderly years in Nice. I watched a television show that made me believe it was very affordable to move to the Mediterranean. And I'm I'm just going to bank on that. And I am going to plant some flowers along the the Mediterranean River in the south of France in my twilight years. And that brings me comfort to think about that when I worry about being old and alone. Yeah, I think that's a great, like, have a, like, ideal, you know, like, this is where I want to be and what I want to do when I get to that stage. And then you, instead of having this, like, existential dread... And just like mm-hmm. an empty black hole sitting there, mm-hmm. you have this like beautiful, yeah, like this is what yeah. I'm looking forward to. So. And keep in mind, at the end of the day, we all die alone. So we're born alone and we die alone. So does it really matter? Well, twins aren't born <laughs> alone, actually. Until your other twin is born. If you're the first twin, you're born alone. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess there is, like, a brief um, amount of time There's a gap. are alone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but also, you could die by, like, falling onto someone else and mm-hmm. crushing them, and then you also mm-hmm. dying, and then, like, your body's, like, fusing into each other. You're, so. you're right. I didn't think about that. I take it back. We don't all die alone. But then we don't know what happens after that, technically, so you're probably alone after that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Hope that helped! Yay! Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think we gave our letter writer the reassurance and comfort that they were looking for. Yeah, lots of reassurance, lots of comfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as always, Mm -hmm. please keep sending us those tasty, tasty questions. Dear.queers on Instagram. You can DM us. Email us at dearqueers.pod at gmail.com. Send us an anonymous message on dearqueers.gay. And rate us, review us, all those things. Oh my god, another thing. I keep forgetting to mention is if you want to, like, give us money, you can. You can subscribe to us on our anchor.com slash dearqueers site if you want to be mm-hmm. like a, a monthly subscriber for as low as like a dollar a month you can sure do that and help us 
be rich. Or yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I forget. I forget that's a thing that people can do. And if you don't help us, what will happen to you is we will come over and Marissa will I will attach Marissa to your body with like a like a wrap like a pupusa or you know whatever <laughs> like you know you like attach like a, a baby or whatever uh-huh. um, but, it'll, but it'll be Marissa and <laughs> and then you will have to go about your day and the entire time um, she's gonna like be whispering daddy into your ear like repeatedly she might take some breaks but then like when you're in the middle of like a meeting she'll like start up again or you know you still know like throughout the day she's gonna keep kind of like saying that to you and also if anyone says your name or tries to refer to you as anything other than daddy she will correct them and say no this is daddy and that will continue (laughs) until you do what we have asked you to do one of the things at least and then she will detach herself very gently and go on her merry way but yeah if not that's will just be your life you know so wow pretty pretty frightening threat there yeah some people might be into it though i don't know so i think uh, frankly i could probably make money from doing this <laughs> Well, if you are someone who would like to pay for said service, um, please let us know. And mm-hmm. we can probably arrange that for about, I don't know, what's a, like $500 an hour is a fair rate for that? Yeah, think? I, I think that I would, I would, I would do that for $500 an hour. So okay. if you, if you're interested, I will take that foray into sex work and strap my body to yours and whisper, daddy continually throughout the day for you yeah i would there will be no touching no touching no no touching Mm-mm. just daddy mm-hmm. i would volunteer myself for that but i don't know where i would put all my limbs so there's no space there's just yeah, none. so i just it just i don't think it would work really so that's no. why i'm not offering yep. yeah mm-hmm. so uh keep that in mind yeah be well yeah yeah enjoy and bye goodbye goodbye